Welcome to the Elevate Your Life podcast with Evelyn Kelly. I'm your host, Evie, life and business coach, and I'm here to support you to create unstoppable self-belief and confidence so that you can create the abundant life and profitable business you truly love and deserve. Join me for soulful yet straight-talking chats with epic humans, juicy DMs with me, and loads of inspiration so that you can be the best version of yourself and share your authentic magic with the world. Are you with me? Here we go. Hi, hi, hi. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm Evie. I'm your host, life and business coach, and I'm bloody excited to be here. This is a really, really special podcast episode today. We have hit 100 podcast episodes. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. I just have the biggest smile on my face. I'm just grinning from ear to ear and I'm really proud of myself. I'm so proud of myself. I think this is such a huge achievement and probably something that I did actually think I would do long term when I first started the podcast. But now that I'm here saying that we've literally recorded one hundred podcast episodes that I've talked on 100 podcast episodes and had some incredible guests over the last couple of years since we yeah since we birthed this podcast it um yeah gosh it feels so special I'm a little bit lost for words a little bit speechless which is unusual for me (laughs) but it's just one of those moments like holy moly look how far we've come and yeah I just want to take this moment to celebrate myself, to acknowledge all the love, the the time, the dedication, the so much value, like amazing, amazing, deep, rich conversations that have been happening here on the podcast, whether it's just been me talking into my beautiful mic, sitting in my office here at home, <laughs> or if it's, you know, on Zoom and having amazing conversations with the beautiful guests that I have had on the episode, on the podcast episodes, you know, over the years, it's just been such a wonderful experience. I get so much joy from bringing this podcast to life and you know even if I didn't have a business I feel like I probably would still have a podcast (laughs) because I just love it so much I think you've probably heard me share this before if you're a long time listener that buying my microphone is probably my favorite purchase to date like ever ever and I think as a little girl I just was always wanting to be behind a mic and to be on stages and this is my little my little wedge of it at the moment my little my little yeah my little piece of that pie and um I feel so good. It feels so good. It feels so me. And um, I'm just really proud of this podcast. I think you know when I first started it once you know one it was it was a celebration of me and my own personal world and something that was, yeah, really important to me to do. You know, podcasting was a huge part of my own personal journey. It was sort of a, a, a big glimpse into how other people used to live. And it really showed me the possibilities. It opened me up to find new expanders of people living real, authentic, aligned lives and going after what they really wanted and going after their their soul's calling, creating lives and businesses that they loved. And it was, yeah, just a whole new world and, and people talking about the things that I was really interested in and wanted to hear more about 
and probably wasn't having them in my own personal world at the time. And yeah, it was just a beautiful way to learn and grow and immerse myself in all of the things I loved, you know, and and largely that was coaching in the personal development world and psychology and business and all of those wonderful things. So it was a huge part of my journey. It's given back, sorry, it gave to me so much in those early stages of, of my personal development journey and my business days. And this is now my way of giving back. I think, yeah, it's laden with service and value and giving love back to you, to my beautiful audience and, you know, to those of you who are listening. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for reaching out to me on Instagram and sending me messages and emails and, you know, sharing what you've loved about these podcast episodes, what's really landed, what's hit home from you. You know, what are your takeaways? What do you think about these things that I'm talking about? Because I love them so much. I, like I said, I'm quite happy talking to a podcast mic um, sitting in my office you know recording these things but actually what I love most is hearing what you love and hearing that it's it's touched you in some way or it's supported you in some way in your life and your business and you know that's that's the thing that really matters to me at the end of the day so thank you so much for sending those through and please don't stop I absolutely love our conversations and connecting with you in that way so thank you so much for being here thank Thanks for celebrating with me and taking this moment to celebrate and pause and reflect on the last couple of years of podcasting. And yeah, gosh, I still remember the day when I told my business coach at the time, I want to create a podcast. And then I remember the day that I was creating the jingle and it just gave me so much joy and I was so lit up I was like doing happy dances around the room (laughs) I still remember the day that I came home actually prior to all of that um, I was still in my full-time physio job and I was doing my own inner work and working with coaches and yeah was just immersed in the podcast world and listening literally would listen to a podcast every single day on my drive to and home from the hospital and yeah, I remember walking in the door one day and be like, and I told Brooke, my now husband, and said, you know, one day I'm going to have my own podcast. And this was before coaching, before I trained, before I started my business. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, cool, cool. <laughs> kind of like, yeah, cool. But also like gave me a sideways glance of like, oh, yeah, that sounds great. But perhaps never thought it would actually be my reality or come true. And here we are. Here we are. Um, and I still remember the day. Oh, this is really nice, just reminiscing. I'm hoping you're like with me on this reminiscing. <laughs> Thanks for being here with me and, and reminiscing and celebrating with me. But I remember the day that I hit launch and I hit publish and I shared it with the world and I had the biggest vulnerability hangover ever. I think even more so than. Um, when I first launched my website, like I actually felt sick. (laughs) And that's because this podcast is me. And yeah, I love that about it. Um, But it also means that there was so much fear and yeah, nervousness about how it would be received. But now I'm just like, hey, this is me, take it or leave it. But at the time, 
that felt really huge for me. So anyway, here we are, 100 podcast episodes in. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being here, for sharing this experience and this journey with me, for coming along for the ride. And also a special thank you to everyone who is sent in questions that I'm going to be answering on this special podcast episode of Ask Me Anything. Thank you so much for them. There's some juicy questions that I can't wait to dive into. So celebrating me, celebrating you. Thanks for being here and let's dive in. Alrighty. Thanks for having that moment of celebration with me. I feel like we don't take enough moments to celebrate ourselves as humans, generally speaking. And so I'm really glad that I spent that first, what, eight minutes or so <laughs> celebrating. So thanks for that. And I hope that you're celebrating yourself too in some some way in your life, in your business. It's so, so important. Okay, so these podcast uh, Q&A questions that I received on Instagram, thank you so much. I have sort of grouped them into more sort of personal life questions, then a bit more about business, and then a bit about uh, motherhood and blending motherhood and business. So some amazing questions. Thank you for yeah really considering them. I absolutely love them. And it's actually made me pause and think about some of these uh, questions and the answers to them. So I've written down a couple of notes to, to share with you and then the rest is just going to be freestyle as always, um, which is, yeah, my flavor. Alrighty, question number one, what does your office space look and feel like? Oh, juicy. I love office spaces. I love this question. I'm always really nosy about other people's spaces as well. So <laughs> I'm here with you. I love, I love hearing about this stuff. So, okay, long story short, um, we are in our beautiful home. I used to have my office in the third bedroom of our home inside the house. Um, but then when I had beautiful little Blakey, we moved down my office into what's called our sleep out. So it's a separate room. It's um, on our property, but not attached to the house, which is actually really beautiful because it's, I'm still here, but it feels like I've got like a short walk <laughs> down uh, to my office, which gives me a little bit of separation from the house and sort of my personal life, so to speak, um, which feels really good. So this room um, we painted and yet yeah, kind of zhuzhed it up a little bit before I moved my office into it. So it's a beautiful room. It's got lovely windows. There's actually a pull down bed in this room, which was part of the sleep out. It's like a looks like a cupboard, if that makes sense. Um, it doesn't really get used to be totally honest, but it's in here. And then I have my beautiful desk and all of my favorite things in here or a lot of my favorite things. And actually, fun story, I had um, two of my really good girlfriends, two of my besties over this weekend just been and one of them hadn't been to my house yet since we moved in and since I moved my office down here. And so I was showing her around and she was like, wow, this is such an Evie room. And um, she said, like, it really feels like you. And I was like, oh, that's like a huge compliment. And I guess that's how I would describe it. Like, I feel like this is an Evie room. This is absolutely feels like me. And I think that's the, the best part of the part of it and something that I would share if you're in business as well and thinking about your office space or wherever you work is creating, you know, the corner of the room or the room that you've got make it feel like you, make it feel authentic and aligned and, you know, bring in the beautiful things that give you that energy, the things that you love that are going to put a smile on your face and bring that loving energy into, into that space because it's going to flow into your work, right? 
So for example, in this room, I've got candles, I've got my oracle cards, tarot cards, I've got a little bookshelf with um, some of my favorite personal development books on it and some journals. I have crystals on my desk as well. Love, love, love them. Um, I've got a beautiful mirror and then on my wall, I've got beautiful post-it notes with the names of my clients at the moment in my current mastermind. And then I've also got all of the women who I have coached over the years and they've got a little heart around them and I always do this when I welcome in a new client into my world because it feels so so special to do so and it's like yeah a little love note for them on my wall and it just really keeps them forefront of mind it really supports me yeah to be the best coach I can be for those women so um that's also something else that's in here. And then I also have a little bit of shelving on the side. Um, yeah, with bits and bobs and a printer and those sorts of things. But that's basically my office space. Um, yeah, so fun. Loved that question. I hope that, I hope that answers it for you. Okay, question number two. Who slash what inspires you? Oh, who slash what inspires you? I had to think about this one because I think a few years back when I was first starting out um, in coaching and in business, I probably could have rattled off like key expanders that I had and, you know, people that I really admired and looked up to. And now I feel like I have less of those sort of like celebrity type figures or people who are really known in the coaching industry or the personal development world or in business that really inspire me because I feel like it's almost like that's their version of success and I'm really grounded in what my own version of success looks like and yes I still get really inspired by some of those people and love what they do but I guess I'm less attached to having those expanders or role models if that makes sense. Um, I'm trying to answer this question like really organically Um, but that's sort of what's coming to me. But I think who and what inspires me currently is, you know, you and I as everyday people really living into their soul's work, who are doing the work, who are either life coaching clients, you know, my clients really inspire me, all of my life coaching clients um, who are doing the work, who are committing to themselves, who are showing up, who are wanting to be the best version of themselves, who are wanting to move beyond fear and doubt and resistance and you know do the inner healing work that they need to to move forward. That 100% inspires me. My clients inspire me every single day. And the ones in business who are, you know, so committed to their vision, to their purpose, to their soul's calling and who are doing the work, who are in the trenches, who are in the arena and are building something that they deeply love and admire and are proud of. And it's, you know, always led with service. I think those are the people that I really get inspired by 100%. And it's, Yeah, it's just the everyday people, you know, people that I meet and just, you know, day to day life who are lit up, inspired on purpose, living their passion, living their mission and just doing beautiful things in the world, doing good in the world. I think those are the people that, yeah, really inspire me. And when when you say what inspires you, I think it's that it's like people who are deeply authentic, who are 
you know, intuitive, who are listening to their soul's wisdom, who are following their callings and are doing it, you know, and it doesn't need to be on a big grand scale. It could just be, you know, day-to-day life and living out their purpose and doing the things that they love and sharing their magic with the world, their unique magic. That's, that's what really inspires me. Okay, question number three. Oh my goodness. Okay, this one. This one was a tricky one. <laughs> so the question is, you're cooking dinner for five people who have passed on with us now. Who do you choose to have at your table? So there was a couple of ones that come straight to mind, of course. And then there was a few others that I was like, hmm, who, this is a really interesting question. And who do I really want at this table? Um, so I took some time with this one. And this is what I've come up with. I think I could like play around with this way longer if I wanted to (laughs) but I'm just going to go with the ones that I've written down and and trust that these are them so 100% there will always 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 be a seat at the table for my dad and that brings up waves of emotion for me there but 100% always 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 there my beautiful dad Mr. Tony Kelly the one and only Tony Kelly, he would absolutely love me sharing that or introducing him as that. (laughs) Um, Okay, the second person would be my gran. So that's my mum's mum who passed on when I was youngish, but I have so, so many fond memories of her. And yeah, lots of people telling me stories about the beautiful human that she was and, and how much love that she radiated and sort of like zest for life um it sounds like she was quite the extrovert and lover of people and yeah I just would love to spend more time with her and to have adult conversations with her and then the last few are yeah people that um I'm not related to and probably people who I've just really loved their work um or that I just feel like they would have such rich conversations and wisdom to share. So the third one is Maya Angelou. And oh, I just think this woman has got so much wisdom to share, so much. I feel like I quote her all of the time. And so to have a conversation with her at the dinner table would just be, whoa, I can just imagine it would be um, one of those like pinching yourself, like, oh my goodness, moments. And similarly, uh, Wayne Dyer So he is, um, sorry, he was a spiritual teacher. I guess he had a background in psychology counseling and has done so much wonderful work in that space and spirituality and personal development. And I remember watching videos and um, listening to some of his work and I just really resonated with it and it really supported me in those earlier stages of my journey. So he would absolutely be, be at the table. And then... I was tossing up the last two. I'm going to share both of them with you and explain why. So I wrote down Sir Edmund Hillary, and then I also wrote down Louise Hay. So Louise Hay, you'll probably know as well, um, famous for um, her beautiful work on um, 
healing psychology you can heal your life is probably one of her famous books that you may have heard of and yeah the beautiful legacy that she's left behind I think she's a fascinating woman and someone who yeah has touched so many lives and changed so many lives so she would be wonderful to have conversations with Um, and then Sir Edmund Hillary so I'm always really fascinated by people doing what they love and doing it at a really high level like you know breaking down barriers going after dreams and you know building the the resilience I guess and I can just imagine what it would have been like for him you know climbing Mount Everest and achieving all of those crazy wild dreams um, from a physical point of view but also like that mental strength and the mindset work that he would have had to overcome to do that I think that's really really fascinating so anyone who's like a high performing athlete or um, yeah achieving amazing things in in that space I think that's always really fascinated me from like a a mindset in a work kind of way like amazing that they've achieved those things obviously and everyone has in their own right but I just think yeah there would be so many lessons around that would love to sort of pick his brain so to speak um so those are my people around the dinner table such a good question such a good question Okie dokie, another big one that I had to sort of stop and think about as well so the fourth question is what does your dream life look like what does your dream life look like? Do you know what the coolest thing is that so much of my dream life I'm already living? And that sounds like so special, but also so wild to share out loud. But so much of my dream life I'm already living. And isn't that, oh, I just think that's so, so cool. I just am so proud of myself and thank my younger self for showing up and doing the work when I did. You know, in my early 20s, when I was literally in the trenches and doing my own inner work and my own own healing journey, like I remember at the time, like being like, I'm so annoyed that I'm doing this now, like all of this stuff. But actually, I'm so glad that I did do it then because it completely changed the trajectory of my life. And it and it means that I am the person that I am today because of that. And so I'm really, really grateful for that. But also things like, you know, becoming a life coach and building this beautiful business and creating the lifestyle that I want and building Brooklyn Flowers with Brooke. And, you know, now we live in this beautiful, beautiful home that we absolutely adore. We have our beautiful baby girl. We have a cat and a dog, Bella and Finn, who are just gorgeous, gorgeous fur babies of ours. And yeah, we get to do what we love every single day, which is amazing. Like that's pretty, that's pretty cool. And so I'm going to share a few like little additions or things that we want to work towards. um, But also just sharing that I have so much gratitude and appreciation for where I'm at right now and what I have right now. And I think that that is the key to manifestation and abundance is, is yeah, really acknowledging and being grateful for what already is and yeah I think that's a huge part of it um okay so little addition so in terms of business uh I definitely have plans to grow and expand my business to touch thousands and thousands of beautiful humans to create the lives and the businesses that they truly love and deserve where yeah they're really sharing their authentic magic and doing wonderful wonderful work in the world That also includes speaking arrangements um, and in-person events. And I'm, yeah, so, so excited for that. 
Uh, other little things in terms of our personal lives is I've always had on my vision board is this beautiful wellness sanctuary at home, a wellness sanctuary. And yeah, I think that's like in the making. So like a few things in particular is getting an infrared sauna for home. I would absolutely love that. That would be a dream. That would be amazing. Um, yeah, beautiful. Uh, renovating our house. We want to extend it to add a few more bedrooms and a bit more space, which would be amazing. Um, Brooke and I would also love to have a second property or a property near the beach. We love where we are at the moment, but would also love to be near the ocean because that's always a really special place for us and yeah would love that um what else yeah just like continuing to foster those close relationships with my family and my loved ones with my close girlfriends and yeah our chosen family and I think that's really important to me is like I think as you get older this generally happens is like it's less about like the quantity of those relationships but the quality of them and so that's something that I definitely want to keep fostering um, and then some more overseas travel. I would love to do some more overseas travel. Um, I feel like lots of people will probably say that, especially after the last couple of years of lockdowns, but that would be amazing. I would love to travel overseas and do, yeah, a bit more exploring. And yeah, that's kind of my dream life. Being a beautiful mum, having so much time and freedom, with my loved ones, with my family, with my little girl, and then also growing this beautiful heart-centered, soul-led business that touches thousands and thousands of humans and just really anchoring even more into my zone of genius there. Um, bringing in those events, the wellness century at home, more time at the beach, more time traveling and exploring and a bit of yeah overseas fun and then those beautiful, beautiful connections. I think that's kind of it. How delicious, how gorgeous. Alrighty, so next question is, what do you think about morning routines slash have you ever had one? Mm, amazing, okay, morning routines. I feel like this one gets, it's such a buzzword, eh? People get um, so excited and fired up about morning routines and talk about them a lot on the online world, I feel like, and in the personal development world. So... I think morning routines are amazing. I think some kind of ritual or routine or something that you do for yourself that primes you for the day is amazing. But I do have some like buts around it that I want to share with you. So I do think they're amazing. But what I see and what I've found after coaching numerous women now is that sometimes when we have too much, I want to say, control around them, so they have to look a certain way, be done in a certain way, include certain things, then it almost becomes like a in the too hard basket. And then we put so much emphasis and weight on them. And I think that's sort of what the online world has created, perhaps. I mean, that's just my personal take on it. But um, yeah, I feel like there can be so many parameters around them that then it just becomes really hard or too too big or just something that we can't commit to. And so we don't do it. And that kind of defeats the purpose of it, right? Because the thing is that we're, we're committing to ourselves. We're doing something for ourselves that really supports us. And so I'm a huge fan of that, obviously, is doing the things that you know you need to do to support yourself to be the kind of human that you want to be and to achieve the kind of things that you want to achieve in your day in very basic terms, right? And so 
I think it's a good idea to absolutely have those things that you commit to, but it doesn't necessarily need to be a really structured, regimented morning routine. There are a few people and a small percentage of us that really, really, really thrive off that and it has to be done. I do this, I do this, I do this, and it's X amount of time and minutes and that's what they do. And amazing, if that's you, go for it. The thing with morning routines, as with so much of this inner work and so much of personal development, is that it needs to be personalized to you. It's got to be what you can commit to. It's got to be taking into consideration your other commitments, your other timeframes, you know, what you've got on in your life and what are you working towards? What's really important? What works for you? What doesn't work for you? And so sometimes it's a bit of trial and error. And that's what I would say with people is just try things out and see how they feel. And then maybe just commit to one or two things, maybe just one thing that you know that you really want to commit to and do every single day or every single morning that you know is going to really, really support you. So for example, uh, for me, meditation has been something that's been huge in my life and something that I always commit to. It looks very different nowadays, which I'll go into in a moment. But that was something that I recognized at the start of my, particularly at the start of my business journey, because I knew it was going to be the mindset work that was going to hold me back. So it was committing to that every single day. And it didn't matter how long I did it for, what type of meditation I did, where I did the meditation, what time of day. It just had to be that I did it. Because sometimes when we have that uh, the ability to say, am I going to do it today or not to do it today? You know, if you say I'm going to do it three times a week, for example, you can say, oh, I'll do that tomorrow because I know that I've got X amount of days that I don't have to do it on. And then it ends up just being a, I'll just put it off. I'll just put it off. <laughs> so sometimes that's also something that can work really well for, for most of us. So what I would just say is Choose something or choose a couple of things that you know really supports you and try them out and work out what works for you. And then also, yes, have some discipline. Yes, you know, self-responsibility, show up for it, commit to it. But also don't beat yourself up about it if it doesn't all go to plan because life doesn't always go to plan, right? We can't control everything. And so we do need to have a little bit of flexibility around this. So yes, I have dabbled in this. Yes, I have played around with routines for, you know, over the years. And um, yeah, like I said, meditation was always sort of like that one non-negotiable type of thing. And then I would do sometimes some oracle cards, sometimes some journaling. Um, exercise is also something or some kind of movement was also something that was a non-negotiable for me as well. And then nowadays when I have a beautiful little baby girl who's still really young and our lives are very unpredictable and, you know, I used to absolutely thrive off routines. Um, it's a lot, lot harder to do that with a little one who you are responsible for keeping alive, basically. And so nowadays there is a whole lot less structure and routine, but if I can fit in one or two of those things, then even if it's just a couple of minutes at some point of the day, then that's amazing for me. Okay, next question. Oh, juicy, juicy one. You're speaking to a group of thousands of humans that adore you and your magic. What is the topic? Oh, I love this question and it got me so freaking exciting. So, sorry, excited to talk about this, to think about this, to write it down because this is absolutely 
in my vision, this is absolutely going to happen at some point in my in my lifetime because this is on my heart. So I would love to be speaking to a group of thousands of humans and I would love to be supporting them. And that gets me so excited. Freaked out, yes. There's a lot of fear around it, of course, but also freaking excited. So, you know, winning combo, right? Um, so it's about... It's about them creating unstoppable self-belief and confidence, claiming their self-worth and sharing their authentic magic with the world, you know, creating the lives and the businesses that they absolutely love and adore. It's, yeah, it's creating those beautiful, soul-led, authentic, aligned lives where they're being their most authentic self. They're being unapologetic about it. They're sharing and claiming and owning their gifts and doing it in such a beautiful way that's of deep service to others. They're stepping into their brilliance. They're stepping into their greatness. They're not shying away from it. And they're really, really shining their light. Like that for me is just, oh, that's everything. And to be totally honest, when I say that out loud, I feel like that's what I do already. I feel like that is my business. Yeah, that is my work. That is my soul's work. That's through life coaching and business coaching. Um, so then, yeah, to create an event around that, to create a speaking event, that is, yeah, that's basically it. It's all of those beautiful topics that I love. And um, so it doesn't surprise me that I'm already doing that. It's just in a different way. So I'm excited. Hold me to it, guys. <laughs> Keep me accountable. If you would love to come, let me know in a DM and um, we need to get the ball rolling, eh? <laughs> Okay, next question. Okay, so we're moving slightly more into um, yeah, a little bit more business stuff. So the last one was business, sorry. And then a couple more business and then a little bit more about motherhood. So question number seven, how would you work on your business when you don't, uh, when you don't have the support of your partner slash family? How would you work on your business when you don't have the support of your partner or family? This is a really great question. Thank you so much for ask, asking this one. I think it's something that, um, yeah, is a really common one and something that I've navigated and I'm sure so many humans have. Okay, so I think the thing that comes up for me is you have to believe in your business. You have to believe in your soul's calling so freaking much and you will believe in it more than anyone else. And you have to believe in it more than anyone else. So your partner, your family, your loved ones, they are most likely not going to get it, you know, quote unquote, get it because they don't have that same dream and that calling and that vision. They don't have the feelings, the internal feelings that you have, the emotions that you have when you think about supporting the humans that you support with your work, about the type of business that you want, about you know, what the mission or the greater, the greater mission or plan is here. And so you have to really believe in your business. So if that brings up something for you, then I wonder if it, there's some work around you creating more of that inner belief of the confidence around it, of the worthiness around your work and your business, because I think that's the biggest place to start here. The other thing I wanted to share was just Really trying to, especially if it's your partner, is, you know, bring them along for the journey with you. Maybe they don't have the vision and they don't, you know, they don't sort of have the evidence, so to speak, of the business working, I want to say, quote unquote, or how it's going to play out or what it's going to be like, you know, they often, and I'm, I'm 
generalizing here, but I'm assuming that this is assumption, but I think sometimes our partners can want, you know, the hard concrete evidence. They want the yeah, they want the evidence that this is going to work. And so sometimes we don't have that at the start, right? And so we have to share the vision and say, look, this is where I'm at right now. And I know that I don't have that, you know, the proof or the evidence for you, but I really believe that this will work. Or there's other evidence of other people doing a similar type of thing and making it work. And so if they can, why can't I kind of thing? And really just sharing why you believe in it so much. And, and take them along that journey with you, because I think if we don't even at least try to have those conversations, then, yeah, it's always going to be a them versus me kind of conversation. So bring them along as much as you can uh, with it and, and take them sort of behind the scenes into your brain and why it's so important and really trying to communicate that with them. Um, so ultimately, you know, they're not going to believe in it if you don't. So do the inner work first around your belief in it first and foremost. If there was any fears or wobbles that are coming up for you there, nip them in the butt and then, yeah, bring them along, share the vision with them so that they can feel and start to understand, at least partly understand your why, your mission. And then the other thing is just prioritizing, prioritizing it. You know, if it's really important to you, then you've got to prioritize it. And if you're not prioritizing it, then what do we need to do to in, or, in order to prioritize it? So, you know, I I get it. You know, we all have perhaps there's other paid work that you have part time, full time. Maybe you have children. Maybe you have other commitments that you need to to do. And so it's just working out. You know, what time do I actually have to spend on this, and how can I do that? And even just the smallest pockets of time. And I'm going to speak to that a little bit later in the other question around blending motherhood and business. Um, so I hope that that's really insightful too around this because. Regardless of if you're a mother or not, I think just having other commitments um, and limited time is is a common thing for some people. So I hope that that's really supportive for you too. Um, and then don't listen to the naysayers, essentially. Don't listen to them and stay in your own lane. Find your people, you know, get yourself in a group, a mastermind, you know, around people that are doing the things that you really want to do. Find your people and, you know, really choose to talk about your business and your dreams with them. You know, the people that do get it, the people that are in the arena, they're with you. So I hope that's really helpful. I'm so happy to keep chatting that one through. If you want to jump over to Instagram and send me a DM after this, would love to support you with it further. If there's any like personal stuff you wanted to share there, but that's, I think, such, such a good question. Alrighty, next juicy question. Okay, so this was such a great question that we got sent through. So question number eight is, do you think that it's vital to have some formal training for a new slash aspiring coach before taking on clients? Or can it be something that they visit later down the track? Would you consider mentorship as a form of training? This is such a good question and a complicated answer. <laughs> so I want to say yes and no. And 
Look, I think this is something that really depends. It really depends on the individual. It depends on their skills. It depends on their prior trainings and expertise. It depends on their experiences and what they've journeyed through. And so I really don't like giving a blanket answer to this one because it really depends on so many different things. But general rule of thumb is that no, I don't think everyone needs to have formal life coaching training before coming becoming a coach but it is definitely something that I would recommend and recommend to most people so I hope that kind of gives you a bit of an answer but I wanted to share just a few more things on this um, to give you a bit of context around around this discussion and, and my viewpoints on it and you know please know that this is just my viewpoint um, it's not right or wrong and as you know, the coaching industry is an unregulated profession at the moment. So technically speaking, no, you don't have to have any formal training as such um, in order to coach people or create a business around it. Um, and there's pros and cons to that as well, obviously, which I'm going to speak to in a moment. So I just wanted to share a few things. So firstly, Again, it's a case-by-case -case basis. It's something that I think is really dependent on the individual who's asking this question. So let me know if you want to chat about this any further, whoever's answered this question. It's an anonymous question, so I'm not sure who you are, but come chat with me on a DM if you want to. Um, so I have coached clients and I have coached, I have coaching clients, business coaching clients who are coaches themselves, who are brilliant coaches, who are amazing coaches and have created amazing businesses for themselves, who have no, technically don't have any formal coaching training, but they're excellent coaches. And I mean, everyone's uh, journey and experience is different, but for both of them, for a lot of them, actually, um, in fact, all of them have done some kind of inner work prior to becoming a coach themselves. So they've either worked with coaches themselves or other health professionals in the psychology space, for example, um, and have done loads of prior trainings or work on themselves that have supported them through their own personal journey with coaching. So they have such a great understanding of inner work, of psychology principles, of coaching principles, and they've experienced it from a client point of view first and foremost. So one you know, they've cleared away any of their stuff, they've done the work, they've been in the arena, plus they've had an experience being a client themselves, which I think is really, really valuable when you then go into create a business around it for yourself. Um, and also these people are people that have had um, prior trainings or qualifications that perhaps aren't related to coaching, but lend really well to it, or they have that expertise or degrees or trainings in an area that they then support their clients in. So it's not necessarily coaching training specifically, but they can leverage that, that expertise or experience and knowledge to support them in their coaching practice. I have also had clients on the other end of the scale um, and completely different scenario where I have suggested and recommended to them that they go away and do a life coaching training program. And the reason why I do that is because 
really it's the best interest for that specific human because ultimately if you can experience the magic of coaching yourself then it's going to be far easier for you then to create your own coaching business and to sell that to create a business around it if you've had prior experience with it and you know how it how life-changing it is you know what it's like and you've done the work yourself um so definitely going away and doing some training it can be really helpful for the individual but also going to support them so much in terms of their business growth so you know one of the benefits and the plus sides of having some kind of formal training is that you can say that you're a trained or certified or qualified life coach or coach of some sort and that can be a really good thing to have on your website that gives you that credibility and um, you know something to really market yourself as so that can also be really important especially in the early stages to kind of have that substance so to speak so I think the last thing I was just going to touch base on, as I mentioned earlier, is that, yes, it's an unregulated industry. And so absolutely anyone can become a coach or call themselves a coach without any prior experience or without any prior training to be a coach. Um, and so, you know, that you can absolutely do that. I think it's a really personal decision and I think it's dependent on so many different variables. So I would really encourage you to consider what feels right for you what do you know that you need to do is a training going to be really supportive for you to give you the skills and the sort of the foundations to catapult from is it going to give you that beautiful experience um, or is it something that you have absolutely you know had prior experience with and been doing the work and worked with so many other coaches and so feel like you have a really good understanding of what coaching is and how you want to coach um, in terms of yeah, your business and your niche moving forward and, you know, the other thing I was just going to share here is that, you know, because it's an unregulated industry, I think, you know, it's becoming more apparent and I think it's only ever, you know, it's only ever going to be, um, you know, lean more this way is that people who are working not in integrity, who are lacking substance in their offers and, you know, who aren't really getting results for their clients and their customers, those people are slowly going to be weeded out. And I think that's just just fact, right? Um, and so it's the coaches that have incredible value and robust services and processes and offers, the ones that are really getting results for their clients, they're the ones that are going to last the test of time. And so that's actually irrelevant of if you've trained or not. It's just making sure that your your practice, your service, your offers, your business is laden in value of service, of substance, and, you know, is really supporting humans, is creating amazing benefits and, and transformations for their clients. So I think that's basically the key to all of this is making sure that you do have that substance. And so for some people that might look like formal training is needed to support them with that, and for others perhaps not. And do I consider mentorship as a form of training? Um, I guess it really depends what kind of mentorship. But yes, I think it absolutely can support you big time, like I've mentioned, in terms of if you've worked with a life coach before over many months, years perhaps, and have done that work on yourself, I think that's going to hold you in really good stead. And I guess, you know, business coaching um, and working with a coach to craft your offers, to hone your skills, to yeah, really build out a beautiful suite of offers and a business that's really robust, that's really, again, laden in value and service, then absolutely. So 
I guess, yes it is, but just choose wisely on who that is. <laughs> and, you know, if you are considering a mentor or a coach yourself, you know, really getting to know that human and their background and how they coach and how they support humans and what are the results that they've got. And um, yeah, just kind of do your homework, I guess. So I hope that really helps you. I hope that answers that question. Such a good one to ask. So thank you for sending that one in. All I, right, I've been talking for ages now. So last couple of questions, but beautiful ones about motherhood. Thank you again for sending these in. Love it. So the question number nine is, what do your days look like now with beautiful Blake Earthside? Oh, my beautiful Blakey girl. She is oh, my whole world. She is just divine. Unconditional love. Oh my goodness. Fellow mothers, you'll hit, you'll get me. <laughs> you'll feel me. Like I mentioned earlier when I was talking about routines, I think just routines and structure just completely go out the window when you have a little one. Um, and actually, I just wanted to backstory and share just sort of preface this conversation for those of you who don't know. My gorgeous Blake is my beautiful daughter who's now just turned five months old. Um, yeah, so she's five months, our gorgeous little baby. She's my first baby. And um, it's been a beautiful, expansive, wild ride, this motherhood journey. Um, and I've loved it. And it's been challenging. And it's been, yeah, it's, it's, it's made me grow so much. It's made me grow so much. And so what do our days look like? Again, flexibility, um, really listening to your baby and doing what's right for them throwing out the rule books and, um, you know, I think being really flexible and adapting things to them has been really important. You know, like I said earlier, I thrived on routine before, but actually when you have a newborn baby and a really small baby, actually probably when they're older too, but so much of that is really hard to, to stick with because, they don't have that routine or they're on their own schedule, right? And you're the one keeping them alive and loving on them. And so, you know, that's that's my biggest job at the moment. Um, so my days. So how I do it at the moment is that I have Tuesdays as my coaching day. So that's where my beautiful husband, Brooke, stays home. He does his work from home. And so he's a lot more available to support with Blake in between times. So when I'm on coaching calls or recording podcasts, etc., when... I can't be with her, then he looks after her. Um, but those days I am still feeding her and looking after her a whole lot and playing in between times. So I'm still very much here and present, which I'm really, really grateful for that I've built this business to where it's at now and that I get to work from home and have this flexibility and freedom. It's yeah, I'm just so, so grateful for that. Um, and then so on the other days, it's kind of mum days, but also a little bit of business. So um, I do Voxer support, client Voxer support, Monday, Wednesday, Fridays. Um, and then we do some beautiful like baby things. So we go to the library, we do the free regular rhyme class here in Auckland. All the libraries basically offer these free classes for babies and young children. Um, so that's a whole lot of fun. We catch up with our besties um, who she also has a gorgeous daughter um, born really similar times. So we do that together. I also go to a baby sensory class, which is so much fun and, you know, great um, great for Blake and to meet other mamas and babies of similar ages. Um, I'm going to join a play group here in my community really soon as well. So I'm excited for that and to meet other, other mamas in the area. 
Um, but yeah, gosh, it's all around like feeding and naps and yeah, just keeping her happy and growing and alive and stimulated and loved and all of those beautiful things. And then I try and sprinkle in, um, little bits of work when I can around her naps and those sorts of things. Sometimes it means getting up early and, you know, nutting out the emails or crafting an offer or whatever it might be. Um, but Yeah, I think the biggest thing, and I probably will want to do a whole episode on this one because I've got so much to share, but it's really about, um, and I'm blending this in with the next question of how do you juggle mum and business life? I think it it is a challenge at times. And so there's no like one size fits all. Every day looks really different. Um... And it is challenging, but it's so worth it is the biggest thing. You know, it's really, it's not easy. And I don't want to say it's easy because it's not. And I, but I don't think anything worthwhile in life is easy, right? Um, Yeah, everything that's worth it takes effort and takes growth and learning and and finding out what works and those sorts of things and commitment and some trade-offs and that's all part of the journey, right? And so that last question about how do you juggle mum and business life, I've actually decided to delete that word juggle for myself personally because I feel like it implies that you never really have both in in your hands. You know, there's always one ball in the air that's misplaced. Um, And so for me personally, I choose to say how I'm blending motherhood and business because I'm always a mum and I'm always Evie. I'm always a coach. I'm always thinking of my business as well. You know, they're they're both me and I can't sort of separate them two. and, And I think... That's a wonderful, wonderful thing. And I love that about my work. And, and you know, this is my soul's calling. So it is a part of me. Um, but also, yeah, I'm never not a mum as well. I'm never, yeah, I'm never not a mum. And so blending it, like I said, looks different on every day. But having some support is obviously really important. Um, at the moment, that literally is just Brooke and I um, navigating that together. And he's, um, we've had those discussions around him supporting at home a little bit more one day a week so that I can, um, yeah, be available for online calls. But the other parts of my business when I'm not actually coaching, but I'm still messaging clients or I'm still, you know, creating things for the business or talking to my team or creating content or whatever it might be. All of those things I do on the other days where I'm fitting it in around her naps. Maybe that looks like getting up early um as much as that is really challenging when you have a newborn and they're not sleeping through um yeah I mean I know it's challenging but it's like this is the work this is what I committed to and this is what I want and I absolutely believe it's possible to have both and do it the way that you really want to um and yeah no it's not easy Um, but it's absolutely worth it. It's absolutely worth it. And it's just working out what support do I have? What support do I need? How can I lean into that some more? And how can I make this work for me and my family? I think those are the biggest questions to ask. And so what I do might be slightly different to how other people do it or want to do it. Um, But that's what we're doing at the moment. So uh, yeah, that might change and morph and grow. So I'm so happy to keep chatting about that conversation. But yeah, I hope that answers your question, gives you a few insights. Such a goodie. And I definitely want to do um, probably another podcast episode on that, I think. So let me know if you're interested in that one. 
Alrighty, my loves, that is us. I've just talked your ears off for so long. My goodness, a girl can talk. (laughs) I hope you've loved that. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for those gorgeous humans for sending those questions through. And thanks for celebrating with me for the 100th podcast episode. I'd love if you could share this on your Instagram stories and tag me, celebrate with me. I would just adore that so, so much. I hope you have a magical day and week ahead. And yeah, I look forward to chatting with you more and for the next 100 episodes to come. Big love.